Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. We'll answer only one question. Let me just put this across right now. Yet last Thursday was so touching. We had so many questions coming in. And at a certain point, the coordinator asked those who were asking questions to put it, to commit it in writing. And then to give it. And the joy of it, the oneness of it that is in this very ministry was so awesome. Those people, they took their time to write their question. They did not get offended. They did not say, why wouldn't you answer my question at this point? Because you know one thing? It's not man. No human being can answer any spiritual question. It's only the Spirit of God that can answer that which is spiritual. That is why reading the Bible, one wastes his time, except the Spirit of God reveals it to you. Because that's a spirit that wrote the scriptures. And without that, you will not have understanding and going through. So whatever we do, we surrender and let the spirit take over. And when he does, there is nothing that's impossible for God to do. There's nothing that's impossible. Last week, we dealt with transformed heart. A truly transformed heart. Most of us say we have it. Our heart has been transformed, yet... Something is left there. And yet, whenever we are tested, we fail the test. And then it is time for us to go back and repeat. Because the heart has not been transformed. And it's only the heart that God searches. His searchlight is completely on the heart. Because that's where he lives. That's his dwelling place. He does not dwell in a place built with hands. So God dwells there. He searches there. A broken heart and a willing heart. God will never forsake such a heart. It's not possible. So when we deal with that, we don't have time right now to go ahead and summarize all that. A question came that's very, very important. We're going to deal with it right now. Can Sister Goma read that question, please? This question is regarding transformation. I know that when one repents and asks God to come into their life, there are things that we are required to do, like studying the Word of God, ETC. From your experience... What are some of the other things we can do to strengthen our new life in God that has helped you? From my experience, let's start from there. This question was actually given. There's nothing hidden. It's a wonderful question. Really, really motivated by God, by Sister Queen. She's the one who wrote this. There was another question that we deal with. Not today. But she was the one who put it across. What could we now do? He's not talking about herself. What could I, can I do? Lord, what can I do now? I'm seeking this heart to be transformed. And then I've come to God, I've said I've repented and so on. Lord, what do I do? The steps to take. But from the onset, let me put it this way. That none of us, none, can either transform his own heart or her heart, or even to maintain or sustain transformation. It is not possible. Let me start from there. So when the question came, said, what, from my own experience, how would you do it? It's not going to come from my own experience because it can only come from the living God. He's the one who transforms. Are we, are, we all, are we on that right now? That's the one. We cannot transform ourselves. We cannot maintain transformation. There is nothing we can do about that. 
It's God who predestines. If you look at Romans 8, 28 what? To 30. We don't have to read that. But you see why it says that those who have, those, he, he combines so many things. Those he predestined, those he recalled, those he ordained, those he foreknew, all that kind of situation. And not only those, those people, he also justified them. Not only he justified them, he glorified them. So is God doing all this, right? Yes. Is God doing all this? Unto those people he has chosen. Why? Because he says in Romans 7, I will have mercy. On whom I will have mercy. So we need to start from that very premise, my sister, that there is nothing we can do as far as transformation is concerned. But we're going to answer the question that you have given. Because you know one thing, it's God who calls. It's God who predestines. It's also God, almighty God, who is in heaven. That is giving us what? The power. He's the only one who can give the power to become the children of God. We have that in John 1, 12, right? Can you read it, please? John 1, 12. Yes. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right. You can turn it around and say he gave, he gave the, the right. You know, right is unbelievable. Right is different from privilege. He gave the right. He gave the power to become the children of God. You see? Why? Because it's God Almighty who draws. Let's put it this way. I want to make sure you understand where this grace we're talking about. It's God Almighty who draws. He said, no one comes to me except I draw him. If you look at John 6, 44, he said, I told you. And then you go also to verse 65. He said, I told you nobody will come to me except I draw him. I'm the one. And Christ was giving us a something. He said something. He said, you know one thing? All the people that my father had what? Tell me. Giving. Yes. Giving to me. Not what the father had given to them. To him. He said, I have not lost them. So, transformation and change. He's also God who gives the change. The heart. Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20, please. Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20. Yes. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, uh -huh. and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, uh -huh. that they may walk in my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will. I'm God. I will. That is why if you look at John 15, 5, he said what? Without me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. So that's why you need to, without me, you can do nothing. Therefore, you have to give everything you have unto this one who can give everything. So now, we start from that point. And let me tell you one thing. God gives this very heart and this very spirit unto those who are in all godly consciousness willing Willing in their heart. Lord, I am willing. God sees the willingness, the brokenness, the contradictiveness. Oh my goodness, this person is seeking me, I will give. Without that, in other words, what am I saying about that? If you look at all these things I've mentioned right now about predestination, about God giving the heart or whatever it is, it all comes to what? The so-called mercy, right? It's mercy. But whoever abuses mercy, 
That's where the problem is. This is mercy. God has given us mercy. And what is mercy? An unmerited favor that is given to someone for his own regeneration, for his own transformation into the image, into the holy image of Christ. That's what is given to us unto good works. What's that transformation that's given to us? Unto good works. So, predestination and mercy and grace, they do not in any way void free choice. Please get that right. They don't void free choice. If you look at Joshua 24, 15, he said what? Now, you choose whom you will serve. As for me and my family, I have decided what I'm going to do. So the choice is still there, even though the, God, the Lord has drawn us near. But to answer your question, the Lord has allowed me, let me put it this way, the very moment I want everybody to take note, when the Almighty God, in the midst of darkness and nakedness, Emeko's Rumba was so naked, when the Lord opened my eyes, I saw my nakedness. I saw those things which I thought was what? Worldly conquest. Oh, the man, you have whatever you have, you can conquer. After all, is that a new woman you want? You, want, you have to get it? Money can buy this, you can do it. Play whatever you want to play. Oh, no, it's no problem. But when God graciously, that's the grace that's above everything. When you remember this grace, Sister Bissi was singing something. That made me cry, should have made you cry. How holy this God is. Hallelujah, and so on. When you remember this God, that he loved you so much. He loved you. At the, what? Billions of people in this world. He loved you so much that he came and touched you and opened your eyes. And suddenly you saw your nakedness. That's what happened to me. Suddenly I saw my nakedness. I saw the filthiness that is in me. That is nothing actually there. I saw the world the way, the way it was. That is vanity and nothing in it. So with that, number one thing I did, there are seven things right now that you said, what will we do? Was, the first thing I did was a conscious reminder. Every single day I'm reminded. I or let me put it this way, every single day I remind myself, a conscious determination in my heart. This God who has done this good for me, whatever it takes, Father, help me so that I do not grieve you anymore. It's like a parent. Think about it. You have a parent that would do everything for you. And then you feel, how could I go and grieve him? Grieving him means I don't love him anymore. So that I determined and cried unto God. I cried every day. When the Lord called me and said that whatever he taught me, I would live that life and teach others the same. Otherwise, I will just be condemned. This was somebody who was all in sin. Maybe you guys were holy. I don't know. But I know one thing Paul said. I am the chief of all the sinners. Until somebody can publicly, somebody can acknowledge his own sinful ways then there will never be any contrite heart. It's not possible. When you say, Lord, I see myself. I see the filthiness in me. Help me. Now, my God, I'm praying. You say I should leave whatever you teach me. I can't do it. Help me every day cry. 
So I made a determination. One determination I made on my own. And that's the willingness now. Please listen to me. That's the willingness now. That determination was, Lord, from this very day, whatever it takes, help me to depart from all evil deeds. Whatever that will grieve you, whatever that will displease you, whatever that is sinful in life, help me to depart from that. That I do not turn anymore and grieve you in any way. That's the first step you must take. You know why? Without that determination, without that vow, this that I did that was sinful, I will do no more. There is no repentance. Please, let's, when we come in here, let's shut all this phone, please. What I'm saying is this. Without that determination, the willingness, a conscious vow, listen, Father, this thing, I will not do it anymore. Help me. But I know, Lord, I can't even help myself. If God sees a crying child that is willing to say, I can't help myself, please help me there. The Lord will come and give you a new heart and begin to change you and depart from there. Because without that vow to depart from all evil, I'm not talking about one, I'm not talking about two, I'm talking about all evil. Without that vow, there's no repentance. And as long as there's no repentance, there is no transformed heart. It's not, that's the biggest problem that most of us have. You know, you know the problem we had was before, and I know that, I hope I pray that's not the case with you anymore, is that we will sin right now, we we'll go and buy and say, oh, Father, please forgive me. And then tomorrow, we we'll do the same thing. If I repeat that wrong which I did before, that I asked for repentance, I never repented. You know why? Repent, to repent is to do what? To change. Oh, my goodness. Repent is to change. If I, had, if I continue where probably what I did before that was wrong with God, I have not changed. I'm yet to change. So that is why God said that depart from evil so that iniquity will not be a rule. So you start from that level of departing. Everything that's not pleasing to God from this very day, whatever that is sinful, I will not do it. Even if I thought you have a barrel of gun on your head. You know one thing? We run away and probably we turn around and lie and try to hide because there's a gun on our face. But where are you running to? Wherever you run to, you surely will die. And then I die standing there and said, I know this God. You know one thing? If it is my time now, take me. But on this job where I am, I'm not going to lie. On my business, whatever I'm doing, I'm not going to lie. Whatever it is, Lord, I'll keep my... And then you come and see where this God will fight the battle for you. That will shock you. The things that you don't even begin to... You will not even begin to imagine. You will do that. So he said, stay away from those things that will take you. And then you see... What are those things? He said, those things you do that offend me, they're not going to harm me. I'm God. I remain God. But they're going to harm you, my child. That's what we tell our children. Stay away from danger and the problem that is there. Right? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's read 2 Corinthians, please. 7.14. We know we all love that, right? Chronicles. Chronicles. 7.14. Sorry, my dear. Yeah, sorry. Go on. Second Chronicles 7.14. They look alike. Yes. If my people mm -hmm. who are called by my name yes. will humble themselves and pray mm -hmm. and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Let's stop right there. 
departing from evil is the single most demonstration that you love God. Aya, please listen to me. It is the only way to express you fear God. This God who has just saved me, Lord, I will respect you. Departing from evil is the only way to respect God. Because if I don't, I don't respect God. That's why if you look at, we don't have all the time. See, Proverbs 7 says the same thing. He said, well, to, to depart from evil is the way you fear God. Proverbs 8.13 said, what? The fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. That's how you fear him. That's how you respect him. That's how we love him. And he tells us, if you love me, obey me. Because if you don't obey me, you are showing me you don't love me. If you go back again, the reason being this, my, my, my brothers and sisters, for us, any other sinful act, there is no excuse. Listen to me, that's the biggest problem. For us, there is no excuse. We're now doing it what? Willingly, deliberately, intentionally, and with reckless disregard. Anything I do now, intentionally, that is sinful, I'm doing it because I know. I can never claim anymore that I don't know. It's not possible. I cannot claim anymore that fornication, I don't know that is bad. I cannot claim anymore that light is not good. I cannot claim anymore. Because if you look at John 15, 22, he said, if I have not even come, they have what? They will have excuse. But now they have no more excuse. Because I have come. And I showed my way. That everyone will know. So this is what it means by departing from that evil. Because of time, the second one. Whatever you do, make sure you have understanding. And that's going to help you. What's understanding I'm talking about? That is rearranging your priority from this very day. If you want to serve God and if you want to grow in that and sustain that transformation, then your priority must change. What is a priority? Priority is to set. If you want to set something or to manage or to arrange, okay? Or to conduct all your life affairs and your time in strict order of what? Importance and urgency. Um, and do I define that again? I don't even know what is all I'm talking about. But, I, I, but <laughs> what I'm saying, if you look at it, I have a priority. That is, I have set my, whatever I'm doing, I have arranged it. I conduct it now. Strictly in that order, what I consider to be important and urgent. That's, that's what is priority. So, and if you look at that priority, you see where God was explaining it. And understanding. Without understanding, he tells us, we cannot even. Without understanding what the priority is. Are you following me now? If you look at Christ, the priority that's been set is so many. You see Christ, even he came down. I don't want to go to all the Old Testament. In what? Matthew 6, 33. He said, well, seek you first. What? He's telling you the priority. Seek first the kingdom. Any other thing you seek after. Well, before that, he said, you have failed. You didn't do the right thing whatsoever. And that's why he told us what in Luke, Luke 16. Luke 14, 26. Let's read that. Let's. Luke 14, 26. Yes, ma'am. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife mm -hmm. and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You cannot be my disciple. So whatever you do, let your priority, let God come first. 
in everything you do. That's what I'm telling you right now. No matter whatever you're doing. Because anything you have, this earth, whatever you accumulate on this earth, you shall surely live. I am telling you, none of them can save you except this God. So looking at that priority, and that's why he told us, if you look at what? Having that understanding, and what, by the way, is understanding? Understanding to me is a practicalization. Right? It's a practicalization of what? Wisdom, knowledge, and discretion. Forget about wisdom, knowledge, and discretion. They are there. That's why he told us in Proverbs 4, 5 to 7, he said what? Wisdom is the what? The prince fountain. But after he came to verse 7, he said, what, whatever you get, get understanding. And that's the biggest problem. And Matthew 13, 11 tells us, he said, well, unto you who are now called, unto you who are, are predestined, unto you who have been now been drawn to God, is given to you to do what? To understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Give me Proverbs 24, 3, please. Proverbs 24, 3. Yes. Through wisdom, a house is built, mm -hmm. and by understanding, it is established. That the understanding of the priority, what needs to be done. What actually is a priority? If you are building a house, the Bible tells us that you see that first of all and count your costs, right? The same thing when you're talking about, about God. Count your costs. That's priority. What is my priority? And that priority is given to us if you look at what is called the whole duty of man. If anyone misses that, he has missed all. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 tells us this. He said, what is the conclusion of the life? And let me call it that way. What is the conclusion of life? What is the purpose? My God, my Father, I want to have an understanding of what the purpose you created me for, you called me. What is that purpose you chose me, you know? In the midst of all people, what is that purpose? And it tells us, fear God. The fear of God is to depart from evil. The fear of God is to love God. Then you say, obey God. In Deuteronomy 10, 12, to 30. can you read that please for me? So that you don't think I'm this. Deuteronomy 10, 12. 12 to 13. To 13. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, mm -hmm. to walk in all his ways and to love him. Yes. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command you today mm -hmm. for your good. For your good. The same thing that I said that if you look at Matthew 6 and 3, seek forth the kingdom and all the righteousness of God. He said, all other things I will give to you. Get that priority right. Now, once you get that priority right, the third one, are you <laughs> going to get, the third one to maintain and sustain this very transformation is the word of God. Hallelujah. Is the word of God. You must Breed. You do understand what I'm talking about breeding? Yes. You must breed. You must eat. You must live if I were you. The word of God. What is living the word of God? You know, one thing some people will just tell me, somebody was telling me one day, well, you know, it is written that this and that. I said, before you say it's written, you better know what is written. It's like somebody going, I want to practice uh, medicine. You're not even a doctor. What you don't know, you cannot practice. You quote, I'm written, because Christ has said, I'm, it is written. But you forgot one thing, that Christ was what? Now, why am I saying was? Sorry. Christ is the word of God. The word living in him. So he has authority to say, I am telling you I'm the word. So whatever, the word is given to us that we live in the world. 
Listen to me now. That is why. See, somebody may say, like, remember last week I was telling you, my wife was arguing with me about how can somebody be the word? But then if you look at it, he said, if you abide in me and my word, what? Abide in you. The kingdom of God is within you. That means you're the word. If the word is not in you, you cannot effectively understand, read, or declare the word. It's not possible. So you must leave the word. Give me Ezekiel 20, 11, please. Ezekiel 20, 11. Yes. And I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man does, mm -hmm. he shall live by them. Which a man does, the man shall live by them. Is it not the same thing that what? If you look at Deuteronomy 8, 3. Because Christ was quoting that in Matthew 4, 4, right? He said, is it not written that man shall not live by what? But by what? The word of God must live in you. You must become the word of God to have the authority over everything. That then when you actually open your mind by the word, the word will be effective. Because if you don't leave the word, if you're not the word, you're not obeying the word, you're wasting time, you see, because whatever you don't obey, you see, no one thing, there's only one way to know the word. You don't study it. The only one way to know the word is to obey the word. I'm talking about knowing. You can read the word, but you don't know it except you do what? You obey the word. Experience will tell you, I have done this, this is what I do, Lord. And then before God, you can stand before God and say, Lord, sat my heart. You see, the things you asked me to do, I have done them. Not the things you asked me to do, I have read them. If you want to read them, you go ahead and read them. But you see, that's the thing. But you just help your book. Because some of us will cram the Bible. I mean, the quote and see this and that. You can quote all that. It doesn't make a difference to anybody. You have to leave the world. If you look at John 8, what? 55. It, it, it tells the Jews, said, well, look, you don't even know this God. You don't know him. But I know him. If I say I don't know him, I'll be a liar like you. Because you know, the reason why I know him, I know him because I obey him. I know the word because I obey the word. The word and I are what? One. Now, the word of one, then you must, in this transformation, always examine whatever your heart is telling you, whatever your mouth is telling you, whatever you are thinking of doing, whatever you are planning of doing, whatever the extent of it, you must check. Does this conform to the word of God? I'm talking about the child of God. That's going to be your guide. This time. Does this thing, does it conform to the word of God? What I'm hearing, you see. So, in other words, you question your own heart. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's why, if you look at Proverbs four twenty three, it says what? It said, "Look, it said what? Yes, guard your guard your heart with what? All diligence. Always check what is coming out. Does this conform to the word of God? And I'm not talking about the word of God. I'm talking about the undiluted, unadulterated word of God." And if anybody is speaking to you like I'm here talking to you or any minister or any preacher or any church, whatever it is, the question comes to me, what is telling you, does it conform strictly to the unadulterated and unworthy, unpolluted, uncompromised word of God? If it doesn't, get away. Are you following what I'm talking about? Because even Paul was saying it to Peter. He said, Paul, sorry, sorry, sorry. Paul was saying it to Timothy. He said, well, Timothy, Flee. In fact, they say, run away from anything that is unwholesome doctrine of God. Read me 1 Timothy 6, please, 3 to 5. 1 Timothy 
6, 3 to 5. Yes, ma'am. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, mm -hmm. even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, yes. but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, mm -hmm. from which come envy, strife, revilings, evil suspicions, useless wranglings useless of wrangling. men of corrupt minds yes. and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. It's a means of gain. Go From on. such, withdraw yourself. From such, run away. You know why? Most places, uh, let me tell you one thing. I, I just want to. In many, many, many churches, you have wonderful men of God. Don't get me wrong. But majority of places is auctioneers, what? Block. Blah, 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 blah. Demonstration. Entertainment. Da, 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 da. Oh, clap. Hey, hey. And everybody's sweating. And they, they what? Handkerchief going up and down. This and that. All that means nothing to God. Only ones the wholesome doctrine. Follow the doctrine of Jesus Christ. It's like somebody preaching. You know, you know the time when we were at a certain point, some people were asking me a question about this vengeance and this and that or uh, praying against the enemies. This person who's teaching this thing is a devil. He's teaching what? Against Christ. He said, get away from him. You know the reason why? Whoever you listen to and you follow, when he's punished, you'll be punished. Whoever you do his deeds, that one is actually the one who is your master. If you look at Romans 8, 44, he said, no one thing. He was telling the Jews, he said, well, you, you are of the devil. You do the deed of your father. Because whoever you do his deed, that's the one who is there. So listen very carefully. And that's why the Bible told us one thing and warned us. If you look at what? 1 John 4, 1. He said, what? Question every what? Every spirit. It doesn't make a difference. There is no human being that can get you to heaven. It's by doing the work of God. There is no denomination. There is no church. If you are in any church, if you are in any denomination that does not follow the wholesome doctrine, get out. Don't come here if you don't want to come. I'm not saying I'm inviting you to church. But get out and find the truth. Because eventually he told us in Matthews, what? If you look at Matthew 7, 21, we don't have time. He said, well, not those who say, Lord, Lord, shall I enter. Eventually, it's going to bow down to those who do the will of God. Are you following what I'm talking about right now? Okay. The fourth one. I will, I will, I will work on the fourth one. The fourth one, no matter whatever you hear, listen to me, and that's where the trick is. And that has happened to me, and I'm going to give you an example right now. No matter whatever you hear and where you hear it, no matter how it sounds, no matter how sweet, no matter the word of God that you hear in your dream or in the church, whatever, does that word of God or what you're about to do, does it give God exclusive glory? How do you find out what is God's, the glory of God? How? Let me tell you one thing. Always check. Even the word given to you, always check how God handled certain issues in the past. I'm telling you right, that's God. You know why? God doesn't change. He doesn't change for anybody. Always check that. Why am I saying this? Something may happen to you all of a sudden. It sounds like this is the word of God. I can quote the word of God right here now. Believe me, most deceivers, they are the best in quoting the word of God. They, would, they, they can quote it something verbatim. But they turn it around. Are you following what I'm talking about? That? The question comes to be, does it give God glory? 
Now, why am I talking about this glory? If you look at what actually happened with Jesus Christ, think about it. Matthew 4. Remember Christ answered. He answered the devil. The devil said what? They turned this bread, turn this stone to bread. Matthew 4, verse 4. Christ said, What are you talking about? You know, man does not live by bread alone. That's it is what? God bless you, it is written. And the devil said, Oh, you know one thing? I mean, I have to camouflage myself right now. I have to really talk to this man and give him the, also the scripture about the truth. The devil quoted the scripture exactly. He said, It's a spirit. He knows. He came to him and said, Well, you know, verse 5. You know, but it is also written. You know, he will give it angels, God. You know what? And that was in Psalm. It's all there quoted. But Christ, look at it. That's why I said, Chris, make sure. If I, if I did this thing, I'm just trying to look at it like Christ, right? If I did this thing, would you give God glory? In the process of doing this thing, have I listened to the enemy and put my, my Lord to shame? That's why he went back again and said, you know, is it not written that you should not tempt the Lord? You should not offend him. That's what he's saying. You should not offend him. So whatever you do, does this thing give God glory? And I'll give you an example right now. During the time when the Lord had, had me confined, one word, talking to me, something came up. I, I, think, I think I mentioned it before. In a vision, I was standing and I was this tall man. The head would touch anywhere, all white and white. And he was talking, I was carrying the, the, the bag. He was talking and he put up his hand like this. A mighty light came from heaven. I'm telling you, right where we're standing. And after that, a few minutes after that, someone came to me. I'm telling you, telling me, you know one thing? The world will end in 2097. This is after. This is someone you've been, maybe you've been fasting, you are there, and the Lord has been teaching you every day. The world will come end. 2097. I said, You're a liar. He said, You're calling me a liar. I said, You are a liar. He said, the world will come, come to an end. 29. I said, you are a liar. And I thank God for that because the spirit of God. Because you see, God cannot come and contradict himself. Christ himself said what? Only my father knew. Oh. Come on. So how can anything now come and tell me something different? It will not. There's no way. But some of us, you know, you have some of these ones in California and everywhere proclaiming. How many times they have really proclaimed that the world will come to an end? I see I have not come to an end. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, Christ did not tell us that he knew. He said only the Father knew. The angels of the Lord knew. All of a sudden, the human being is claiming he, he knows. Isn't it something? And some people will follow. But they will not look. Does this give God the glory? Are you, are you, are you following what I'm talking about right now? Whether it gives God the glory. So, now, the fifth one. I, I will listen. <laughs> this, I'm, I'm gonna complete. The fifth one. Whatever you do, once God has come and taught you, then you must streamline, stream and line, like we're doing now, stream, look and line. Streamline your companionship in the world and your association. If you don't, you will not prosper in any transformation. You go back. You know why? Now think about it. Why do we try to stop our children and admonish them from joining bad gangs and bad groups. 
we try to prevent them from being destroyed. Are you following me? Are we still there? Yes. Read me 1 Corinthians 15, 33, please. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Yes. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It must corrupt. But I'm telling you, you know one thing? It's amazing how quickly the dirty water. You know, you have sparkless bucket of water. And you drop one, one, just one drop of dirty water. And everything is contaminated. That's the way it is. You are the light of the world. Things have changed in your life. Remember he told us what? If you look at Exodus 19.5, he said, you are a peculiar people unto me, set apart, holy, and now to go and shine the light. I'm not saying, do not have association with relatives and friends and this and that's not what I'm saying, please. But I'm saying, don't join them and walk the way they walk. Because they don't walk, in the, you know where you were before. Don't go back like a, what? You said the dog had gone back to what? It's vomit. Don't let that happen. If you do, you will drift off. Read me 1 Corinthians, please, 10. 21 and 22. 1 Corinthians 10, 21 and 22. Yes, ma'am. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Mm -hmm. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Are we stronger than he? So, association with the word, you must walk according to the way of God. You are now apart. You are now set apart. I've lost, oh, wait a minute. I probably lost. Most of people who said, I mean, some of you, well, some of you have known me for the longest time in this Houston. I say it all the time. At a certain point, every Nigerian, even on the street that never met me, will just tell you Ozumba was his friend. When things are going so well in the eyes of the world, I'm talking about in the eyes of the world, when they think, oh, maybe they can get something, that, that is where it is not of God, when they think there's something to gain. But the very moment you, you, you turn to God, the world will turn away from you, they'll hate you, whether you like it or not. But stay without ever looking back. Luke 9.62 tells us that whoever puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not what? Faith for the kingdom. So anything that would draw you back into darkness because you've been delivered from that, then you will not have any more mercy. That's why Proverbs, where's Proverbs 22 for the, uh, 24, please? Proverbs 22, 24. Four. Yes. Make no friendship with an angry man, mm -hmm. and with a furious man do not go. Why? Lest you learn his ways. You are going to learn his ways. And set a snare for your soul. And that would destroy your soul. That's what I'm saying. And now this is. Let me tell you one thing about trying to glorify God. Somebody may tell. Somebody told me one day said, "Well, I was going to go something that about the Lord, but." There's something that came up. I had to go take care of it for somebody. You know, they are burying their brother and I had to go there. After all, it's still doing the same work of God. Are you sure you consulted the God? 
What I'm trying to say is this. God will not share his glory. Let our glory be his. And then, let's say finally, whatever you do that is not anchored on love, no matter what, we know about what? 1 Corinthians 13. Whatever that is not anchored on perfect love, whatever you do with ulterior motive, whatever you do that is not pure before God, that will set you back in whatever road you are going through. So anything you do, let it be motivated by love that you have without expectation of anything to get. I will stop here. There are more I can tell you, but one other thing is this. Love is what? I called it the last... Does anybody remember what I called love last, last week? I thought it was the beginning and the end of what? Transformation. Love is the beginning and the end of transformation. But love is nonsense to God except you obey him. So whatever you do, everything comes back again to the two keys. In other words, do this. Go ahead and do this. And God will help you. That's what I'm talking about. That free will. The willingness, the determination. Lord, this is the way I want this thing to go. And God will come and then help you. And when God helps you, nothing shall be impossible. So may the Lord Almighty, who have answered this prayer question, Lord, help all of us to understand, to live according to your perfect will. That anyone who has had this message, Lord, will be transformed completely by you and to grow in that transformation. Father, take all the glory and blessed be your name in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.